Hello and welcome. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. This podcast is for and about women of colour and our relationship with nature. Hosted by me, Cherie Mack. The Earth Sea Love Podcast is committed to exploring the experiences of women of colour with Mother Nature. We want to provide spaces where the hidden voices in the environmental and conservation conversations can explore their relationship with the natural world. Inspired by our time spent outdoors, we amplify the voices of women of colour, our stories, our conversations, interviews, photography, writing and artwork. We'll be exploring our legacies, histories and memories which have had an influence and effect upon how we perceive ourselves within the natural world and within the environmental and climate justice movements. Welcome to the Earth Sea Love Podcast. conversation that I had with Shirley Ann. Me and Shirley Ann go back years. We were fellow writers. We were cutting our teeth together in the northeast region and I'm so pleased that we've remained friends. But even after being friends for so long there's still things that I have learned and found out about Shirley Ann during this conversation. Shirley Ann um, works as a counsellor and um, we find out in this episode that that probably is her calling. She, her calling is to serve other people, to help other people. But there was that one other time in her life when she wanted to be a gardener. And this was news to me, but the joy and the pleasure that um, Shirley Han describes that she gained from nature as a child um, has stayed with her as she's become older. So we discuss you know, her profession and how she got into it. We explore her childhood and we also um, tap into the mental health benefits of um, spending time in nature. And um, 
yeah, it was a really good um, exercise for me to revisit this conversation that we had in May. I'm ashamed to say. Um, but if you listen to the last episode, you know why um, the, the, this podcast has been a bit silent and a bit in remission, we could say, for the past two months. So we have got a little bit of a backlog of episodes that need to come out, that have to come out. And not because, you know, they've been recorded and there's been a promise there, but because they are so damn good that really it's been, it, it's been hurting me in a sense to not share them with you. There's been so much quality jam-packed on my, um, my Mac book here that I haven't been able to share with you, but I take great pleasure now to share them with you um so the plan of action is hopefully and now that i'm back into the spring of things it's gonna happen that we'll be releasing a new episode every week for october um so you're gonna get this goodness into your inbox into your ear channels is that what we call them um every week for October why because October is my birthday month this is my favorite time of year and what better way to celebrate the my next journey around the sun if not sharing these conversations they are they are so good so joyful um yeah, we, we touch upon important issues around um, how black women's bodies, women of colour's bodies are treated in society. But um, if you take a listen, you'll hear there's, there's a lot of laughter and joy in these conversations as we show up for ourselves and each other and mother nature so without further ado here's the episode um with shirley ann and yeah enjoy bye for now Can I just say thank you now for agreeing to talk to me for the podcast? I really appreciate you taking the time. So thank you. And I mean that because, you know, this is this is a little project that's coming out of a bigger project around black nature. And um, I'm just reaching out to people that I love and trust and have a relationship with that we can have a conversation around stuff that's close to our heart regarding nature. <laughs> so thank you very much for agreeing to doing it. Thank oh, you. You're, well, you're so welcome. It's so so how are you? Because in the time we haven't seen each other, <laughs> you've been married mm. and you've moved. Have you got that, yeah. that home I'm- with land now yeah and i turned 50 see i i got a promotion at work i've uh, yeah i've moved jobs three times 
So you're not with um, you're not with Mind anymore then? No, I'm not with Mind. I left Mind. Oh my goodness! So like about nine months ago. Okay. Um, to co- to concentrate on the counselling side of things. So, so you're I'm still counselling. Yeah, and then I've kind of moved on to to doing something else within the organisation as well. So yeah, no, I'm not with Mind anymore. Oh. <laughs> well, you're looking good for the change. Yeah, well, you know, it's not been that easy. It's been quite hard, particularly with lovely COVID nineteen kind of coming in to sort of kind of spoil that lovely. We just literally moved in here, and thank goodness that we have because you know everything just went, you know, absolutely able, didn't it? And, didn't and, it? Yeah. Yeah. But we're here. we're here. So where's where's here? Tell me. Tell me where's here and what you can see outside your window. So here is in Northumberland, mm. um, just outside of Pontyland, in a lovely place called Belsay. Oh. Um, and I'm really lucky because from going from my little town house with a postage stamp size bit of, la- you know, back garden, um, now I just have just masses of cotton it's slightly uncontrollable but it, it, it's it's lovely it, it's it's semi-wild in some places but um a lot of it is just gloriously beautiful like really old and mature and, and lovely so looking out my window I see a beautiful sandstone wall um and trees fringing along the top of it um and grass and there's a few bluebells there um there's some lovely ferns mature ferns which are just starting to kind of unfurl um, and they're just glorious. I didn't realise they start off so curled up like this, and then gradually, as the days are going on, they're just beautifully unfolding with this lovely lacy foliage. Yeah. Um, so it's a joy, really. Um, and normally, you see, I sit here and I do my counselling. I have got a range of little garden birds, from blue tits to great tits to robins. Mm. I've got swallows' nests and starling nests. I've got pheasants that run around on the lawn and like scuttling along but I mean they're great to watch they're so funny and then I have two <laughs> squirrels that come along and sit on the garden fence just to the side of me as well so it's, I'm constantly entertained by nature it, oh. it's just not going oh it sounds so idyllic it's you know the fern like fists and then the curl yeah. out so um you say that you sit there and doing your counselling so does that mean that you've always worked from home or is it now that lockdown that you're working from home yeah so I used to work face-to-face with clients so that would be sort of in a room face-to-face mm-hmm. um for sessions um but obviously with lockdown coming in um mm-hmm. and before that we'd, we'd sort of almost decided as an organization that it wasn't really going to be safe to be working in close proximity so we kind of started to plan the lockdown you know before it actually sort of kicked in mm-hmm. so we're all working from home now, we're all working remotely. So we've just, we've had to adapt. We've had to kind of retrain a little bit. Um, and we've had to massively adapt because that face-to-face inter- interaction, you're working with body language, there's nuances mm-hmm. in, you know, so much that we, we deal with. And we lose that sense, that visual sense working on the phone. So it's almost like you have to work a lot harder and retrain your brain a little bit to kind of mm. pick up on those nuances in people's voices. Mm. Um, mm. But I think we've got there and I think we can do some really good work on the phone. So I'm, I'm really quite happy that, that we're doing it. And I love working from home. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you that because, you know, you're helping people and I'm assuming it's with mental health. And 
so you're there for them and usually if it's face to face it's in a, a different place from home so then you're doing it now in your home and it can I know you're a professional but sometimes it can affect you you know what you're talking about so how are you taking care of yourself while you're still doing this really important work in your home um how are you unwinding afterwards because you know you could you could use that trip from the office or whatever to home to decompress and get yeah. back into a, a good space but you can't because you're actually doing it all yeah. in your home so how are you looking after yourself that's what I want to know I, I am it's a trial and error though because I think I have been working really hard I didn't part of me kind of thought oh lockdown working from home things are tailing off a bit it would go quiet but actually I feel I've been working even harder than I normally do in in the office kind of thing. Um, so it's been important. I, I do make sure I have regular breaks. So it's nice to have the garden because in uh, partly I'd worked in the centre of Sunderland. So, you know, unless I went and walked, made an effort to walk to a park, um, which wasn't always possible in the time scale, mm-hmm. um, I, I would be stuck in the office really. So I'm making an effort to go and sit in the garden mm-hmm. and maybe have a walk around the garden. Mm-hmm. Um Looking after myself, I think it's a bit of a, a work in progress. Um, you it know, I do my is. usual things like reading. The garden's new, so it's absolutely brilliant because I could just go out. So I, I take a little bit of a stroll, a few strolls around the garden in the mm. morning to kind of get me in the mood. Mm. Um, Mark actually has just redone a swing for me. There was a swing um, in a little kind of cove of the garden, which was all sort of rusted and the wood was all mossed over. And as a child, I, you couldn't get me off a swing. I was always <laughs> on a swing. I was outside, hanging upside down from the swing <laughs> at nine in the morning till nine at night. Mark got this swing and he's, he's made a seat for me. He's repainted oh. it and took the rust off. So I go out there and I have a swing on my swing. Oh, that's gorgeous. I love that. It kind of takes me back to reconnect me with being a child, I suppose. Uh, It's just, you can't be stressed swinging on a swing. No, not at all. Not at all, yeah. It's just puzzling. I admire you because I've always been a case on any rides. I'm sick. So I used to have to go on them like a swing or, you know, yeah, even sugar boats, whatever, with a plastic bag. The kid, oh. you still, you still want to do it, but I had to go on with a plug of bag so I could oh, be sick into. Oh. It's such a simple pleasure. I know, but yeah, so I do admire you, and I can, see, I can picture you now on your swing, grinning. So that's a lovely image. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so I love that. But I mean, gardening's also been the other side because, like I say, we kind of inherited this. A uh, large plot of land and a lot of the garden had been sort of left to go to weed for many many years so this is kind of you know and weeds are weeds but I kind of see weeds as being beautiful as well like yeah. marks we're not cutting the daisies and we're not getting rid of the buttercup so we have a kind of bit of a buttercup meadow going on which is oh. getting higher and higher oh that's um, and it take over everything but it's beautiful yeah you know? I'm totally with that with your with the idea <laughs> of weeds we've got we just got a, a concrete yard out there um some potted plants but what's taken over are the weeds um and I just love them because there's some like crawling ivy sort of weeds but they've got these lovely pinky purple flowers that come out and they just come out of the concrete or any crack yes. and I just think they're so, they're so 
a, a good metaphor re, for resilience and tenacity and mm-hmm. and I think yeah live on live on absolutely <laughs> yeah. keeping those weeds down Sheree they come back no matter what exactly <laughs> exactly it's, it's perfect really isn't it for that yeah. resilience definitely yeah. Yeah. yeah so how long have you been a counsellor now and and have you did you get into it because of personal reasons or have you always because it is a service it is a it is a really major service to be there for other people because you're holding space for people to to i don't know either remember or get back to them to themselves to their authentic selves in a way so what did you feel this was your calling all the time or or... partly i think i've battled with my calling over the years you know I, i wanted to be quite a few things when i was young partly one of them which i was revisiting thinking about this really was i wanted to be a landscape i wanted to be gardener um, really? I yeah, never knew I that. Yeah, I wanted to be a gardener. And then I kind of moved on and wanted to be all kinds of different things. But um, a writer was one. Um, but, the gar- you know, the, the whole counselling side of things, I think I've always been massively drawn to helping people. Um, I haven't always had the time to be able to do it. But, you know, even, you know, because I work full time and, and I was in a retail career, retail management from sort of leaving school um, and there wasn't really the time to kind of focus on that and I always felt quite empty and I knew that it wasn't always going to be my career this it was something else out there for me but I wasn't 100% sure what it was going to be so when I had kids um, I volunteered I was a community mother so that meant going out and sort of supporting mums in the community that had suffered postnatal depression like I had um, and I found that really rewarding mm-hmm. um, I took some time to train as a life coach and I really enjoyed that and, and it's sort of to just sort of develop my own business in that. Um, but part of me was sort of thinking all the time I was doing the life coaching that actually, you know, perhaps these people might benefit from some counselling, actually. Um, and it just made me think more that, you know, this was something that I could do, that I had that empathic sort of um nature um and that you know just interested me i just really wanted to help people it was a huge commitment it's five years training so the time had to really be right Mm. um and as you know i I had a diagnosis of breast cancer at 43 and Mm. that was kind of the time my now husband sort of said look you know if this is what you want to do you do it just do it we've got time just do it so that was that was kind of my my thing to do it there and I've not looked back at it's perfect it's my perfect fit really Uh, that's that's lovely lovely to hear that out of you know a traumatic time that you came you you rose up and be be able to fulfill your true potential and 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 yeah reach that that goal that you had that um for for self-fulfillment but also to be helping other people yeah, yeah, that's that's lovely. That is thanks. Oh. It's so gardener. Yeah, so <laughs> I went on to mind because I still thought you were still at mind. Because ah! yeah? <laughs> you know, part of this this yeah. this podcast is that we are we are telling about talking about our personal experience, but we are trying to promote the idea of nature and and its benefits. So on mind, which was the first thing that popped up when I put in you know Google search, um, mental or mental health benefits of exposure to nature. Yeah. And there was this quote on the Mind um, website that I'm going to read, and it's 
quote it said nurturing something else into life has really helped my well-being gently caring for something helped me learn to care for myself yeah end quote so that's off the website of mind just there when you said about wanting to be a gardener um and this leads into your relationship with nature has it always been a close relationship with nature? I mean, was it in your childhood? I mean, what was it? I mean, at what age did you want to be a gardener? And why did you want to be a gardener? Was it, as the court said, something nurturing there that you were drawn towards? Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, thinking back, I, it's always been with me, really, that, that desire to be close to nature, that getting my hands dirty in soil. Um I think it started really, both my grandparents were really avid gardeners. Um, so my granny had this roof terrace above a shop that she ran. And it was just amazing, just full of little gems, little plants in pots and a little greenhouse. I was just fascinated by it. Um, and my grandparents, my other grandparents were avid campers and hikers. So <laughs> because I was a bit of a naughty child, I was always sent off to go and camp with them at the weekends and for like long holidays. And we would just camp and we would just be in the na- in nature all the time and we would hike and it was just lovely. So it was kind of just part of who I was growing up, I think. Um, I remember being age seven and I was allowed to have a little garden and I planned it. I planned what seeds I would get. I kind of planted it all out. It was all coming up. Unfortunately, my mother paved over it. (laughs) She said, it's all right, we're going to keep it. We'll tell them not to pave over it when they come. But they paved over it. I was devastated. Um, I don't think, I think I cried for days and days and days about my poor little seed patch. I was promoted and I got a big rockery in the garden, actually. So I could kind of direct all of my passion towards that. But, mm. you know, it, it it was just lovely. A trip to the garden centre was exciting. I mean, you know, we're talking about I'm 50 now. So it was like decades ago. So there wasn't like any social media. There was only mm-hmm. three channels on TV. So, yeah. you know, you kind of had to entertain yourself. And I, I think just that that gardening just did it for me really and I was always outside can I ask that question though did you see many other little black girls like you in the you know in these garden centers camping out Cherie in that time there wasn't any other black girls (laughs) where's this is this North Shields are we in North Shields yeah we're talking about Whitney Bay that was kind of where I lived up until I was about 11 mm-hmm. um so no there wasn't really any any black children around so apart from my brother my, my brother's half west indian um so yeah no there wasn't I, I didn't um see anybody in the in the garden center so it's not really something that i've yeah and when we were out hiking there weren't other other black people there either i mean really you're talking about you know, I went on hunt to sort of connect with my identity and went and lived in London from the age of 16, 17. And there were black people there. It was amazing. Um, I know. That was the same for me. (laughs) I did the same when I was 19. That's when I went down to do my degree in London. And it was a case. That's when I call it, it my time that I got in touch with my black heritage because we were the only family around that were, you know, coloured as they called it for years and miles in Newburn in our little village so it was a case of having to go out and hunt for that other side of my identity yeah so I totally totally relate with that 
Okay, so it was so it was part of your upbringing. So that's that's absolutely. Absolutely, it was. I mean, even going down to holidays. I mean, there was we didn't go on holiday abroad. We went to Scotland and yeah. we went to the lakes, and that would just be joyous driving yeah. through the countryside and across moorland. And you know, it yeah. was just always lovely. It was yeah. always lovely. It's always made me feel like I was coming home to kind oh. of get oh. into the countryside. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I I totally feel that way. Um, and it's not just a coming. It is a coming home to the land, but it's a coming home to the self. Do you know, mm. it's that it's that relationship, yeah. that connection that we can make with with nature. Getting closer actually means that we're getting closer and making that connection with mm. ourselves, and that means also others. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, do you feel that you've passed it on to your your beautiful? beautiful sons <laughs> well i don't know because they're proper town children really. uh, <laughs> um, they they love grass because it's <laughs> so they they love that side of it and they smell of grass a lot because it's, you know. <laughs> but other than that um i'm not sure because we had we haven't really had a massive garden we had a backyard mm. like yourself for mm. most of their sort of youth um, and actually moving here has been great. Max has been going for runs in the countryside, down the country lanes. Um, and he stopped and he said, you know, this, this is just heaven. He's taken pictures and put it on Instagram and stuff. You know, this is my, this is a sunset view. And he goes out for like walks and just takes in the, the, the nature. So I think something's been missing. I really do. And I think they are enjoying being my youngest one's not as, as no he's a bit like it's a bit of a bump in that grass and there's a fly there but the the eldest one's really yeah seems to be embracing it definitely yeah, yeah. so what do you think are the the mental health benefits then of of nature have, have you used it for your mental health uh, absolutely absolutely i think i always have but i think i lost touch with it for quite some time mm. um, and i think that actually correlated with um you know a, a fall in my mental health um I think actually you know I did have a couple of episodes where I had postnatal depression um I would say I've suffered from anxiety most of my life and I think on and off you know some bouts of depression as well and I think perhaps they have been times where I've not actually been able to connect with nature you know um <laughs> And I've always found that, you know, nature has been really healing for me. So when I've reconnected, it's been a part of a healing process. Um, when I was recovering from sort of postnatal depression, go for some really long walks with the dog, um, I decided I would put my little one into some childcare for a morning and that would give me some time to be able to get out and do some I think I was doing mindfulness and breathing techniques back then, but didn't know what it was. Um, and then walking and just taking in the scenery, really. And it, it really helped. It really, really helped. It brought joy back to my heart, really, I think, where I had lost, sort of really lost touch with that. Yeah. Um, physical healing as well. So when I got diagnosed with, with cancer before I had my op, Mark drove me up to Scotland. I was in a state, you know. I mean, I think you are. I think you just, it, it's just you're knocked off your feet you yeah. know I, I absolutely fell 
Christmases, really. Um, and Mark drove me up to Scotland, up to Glencoe, and that's always been a real healing place for me. And, you know, I remember driving. We just drove and drove and just took it all in, and we got out and had a wander, picked up some of the, the stones from Glencoe and bought some home. Um, when I was having chemo, we, we went up to Scotland and we just drove around. We went across the sky. Um, and, you know, on the way back, we, it was pouring with rain. And I remember seeing, driving through Glencoe and seeing two rainbows crisscrossing across yeah. Glencoe. And it was just absolutely amazing. And it just made me, it just, it healed something in here, I think, definitely. And gave me a lot more strength to kind of carry on and push, push through everything. Um, yeah, it, I, I do. I think it's invaluable. It, it has been for me, anyhow, it has been invaluable. And I think there's a physical link and there's a, a mental link as well to it, too, definitely. Lovely. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, just those word pictures that you created. I know, I know Glencoe. I love Glencoe myself. Oh. It's got a special place in my heart. But to actually, to have that, that opportunity to when you're at your lowest or when you're needing that sustenance to actually be able to get out there and to to gain something back for your heart and your soul and your body and your mind from nature it is it is a gift and it's one that I am daily I'm grateful for I have a lot of gratitude for and I do know that I can do it because I've got a car and I do know that I have certain privileges that allows me to 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 do that because yeah. project that we've been working on we've been working with women and women and children who have nothing you know who might be in refuges because of domestic violence and to take them out in a bus and just to walk in the landscape and not ask anything else of them, just to be there. I know that they, you know, they're, they're healing. Yeah, they're, I can literally see the worries that drop off them. And, you know, some of them say like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be able to sleep tonight, you know, and they've got hearings yeah. coming up or, you know, they have to... Yeah sort out legal stuff they might be thrown out the country but to have just that moment in nature and to just be and not to be thinking about anything else but be present I can see the benefits of it for them and yeah yeah so yeah I think it's rare I think it's rare to be able to do that as well in the world that we live in to be able to ground yourself and there's so much noise going on around you mm-hmm. um, and so much expectation it's so busy I think if anything this pandemic has slowed things down and I, I noticed with counseling people um, there have been a lot of people who've actually got some benefits from it it's awful it's awful and, and I'm not saying that you know it hasn't caused anxiety for them as well but I think that you know for some people it's allowed things to stop for a little bit it's allowed that reflection it's allowed that reconnection with things like nature and um you know connecting with themselves again to kind of happen to facilitate that um yeah. and for me personally it's made me kind of it's helped me to sort of have that time to kind of relearn the language of nature a little bit more mm. because it feels like i knew it really well as a child but i lost that that kind of connection with it and now I kind of am learning it again mm. um, and that's great you know it's it's really fantastic and I'm determined that this I will maintain this connection that this is going yeah. to be um, 
Because yeah. I was just gonna gonna ask you about you know the government is putting in place yeah stuff to be easing out of lockdown etc etc um and you know what is coming out is that idea that people have reconnected with nature and also the argument is is that you know we're in this position because of what we've been doing to nature or how we've been abusing it and using it for our own means and you know what goes around comes around you know the argument is COVID-19 is something that we've done to the ecosystem to bring it about um and that information is out there and we're easing out do you feel that people are going to be changing their behaviors or attitudes towards nature and you know start thinking about protecting and conserving more or doing doing more Mm. i would really like to think so i would really like to think so i do have a lot of faith that you know people have seen some of the benefits it's not going to be for everyone is it i mean Mm. you know it's not going to be for everyone but yeah i kind of do have a faith i mean for me personally i can't speak for everybody but Mm. you know just listening to what people have said to me that they've been out for long walks they have been connecting they have been in the country you know they have been doing they found out what's local to them actually so there's been parks on their doorsteps and everything like nature reserves and people are like oh my god this is on my doorstep why have Mm. i never been there and i think it's solely because People just don't have the time to kind of explore their environment, mm-hmm. you know, and I think a lot of people have done that and hopefully that will continue. I think we've been blessed as well with the weather because I think that is, <laughs> yeah. English weather can be the barrier, can be a yeah. massive barrier to it. And I, you know, for me, it's not always, you know, there's always waterproof trousers and an anorak, <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because that's my total mantra to Ella. It's like, you know, you've got waterproof trousers, waterproof jack, just get it on, man. Let's go, let's go. But yeah, I love that. Yeah, we went, I took it um, last year, I took a camping for the first time and it didn't go down too well. I mean, it was my first time really camping out in the sticks and on nowhere sort of thing. And it didn't go too, too well. And we were hoping that we could, you know, get a tradition going and do it again this year. But I'm, I'm not too sure because, yeah, we're, I mean, we are coming out of lockdown, but we're not really coming out of lockdown that too, too much. Yeah, we have to we have to stay vigilant, <laughs> you know, stay safe and um yeah because yeah. you know it has been worrying me about the disproportionate amount of black asian and ethnic minorities who've been dying dying from it and yeah but, yeah yeah but it's yeah it is yeah, it, it is. is a real worry actually you know and obviously having kids as well that are ethnic minority as well yeah, yeah it's, it's worrying because we don't have the answers no we don't but we do have the figures you know, yeah. that, that are saying, that are telling. Yes, that's it there. So we just need to yeah. know the whys. But we probably know the whys anyhow, because there's been that underlying yeah. inequalities and racism yeah. and that sort of thing. But Nene, you know, Nene, he's, he was, yeah. he was teacher training when lockdown started in Liverpool. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, but he was keep, he was part of the um going in for because other staff were shielding so he was going in um because he you know he 
he's footloose and fancy free as he calls it sort of thing but um but luckily you got a job before the lockdown uh, teaching job his first teaching so he's he's gonna go down to birmingham at the beginning of the month to um start his new job and at the end of the month but he probably won't be in contact with any kids um because he's going to be a year seven tutor and right. teaching they won't be back yeah yeah teaching oh, it would be lovely thank you kindly <laughs> yeah it has to be lovely and i think when i finish with you i shall be returning to my garden as i'm not working this afternoon oh, so i will nice. go and have lunch on the lawn and then oh. maybe do a bit of weeding oh enjoy <laughs> enjoy yeah Never. yeah yeah well you enjoy that and thank you kindly okay. take oh, care okay. You too. Um, stay safe and look Pretty after well, your peeps. You. Yeah. yeah. Lovely yeah. to see you. Lovely, Lovely. Bye bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. See you. Bye. bye.